Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. All your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. But it's, it's, sometimes it's tough because we, when we try to figure it out in the flesh or out of anger or being upset and all these things that can happen to us. We're human. We're, we've got a, a sinful nature. Day by day, we have to repent from and turn from and, and confess it before the Lord and give it to him at the cross. And, and, and the, the, the battle I find is just stay in the spirit. Do it God's way. And if you don't know if it's God's way, I find myself just stop, wait, wait upon the Lord. I hate that part. I don't know about you. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just being real. I mean, it's just the waiting part. I'm like, kind of like, let's go, let's go. But the waiting is tough. But there's going to be times where God's going to say, wait, this is my way. Another very interesting story that comes out of Genesis has to do with Babylon. Is this guy Nimrod. Most of you already know about Nimrod. But I, for those of you that don't know about Nimrod, when you first read this, I, do you remember this? The first time I read this, I thought Nimrod was a pretty good guy. Because the way it's written, Cush begot Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one on the earth. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And check it out. And the beginning of his kingdom was what? Babel. Babel. That's Babylon. So you've got the Nimrod here. And when you read this, you think, wow, that's, that's awesome. You know, Nimrod seems like, a, seems like a great guy. But when you learn the history of Nimrod, Nimrod had a, a wife. Her name was Semiramis. And Semiramis thought that her son was the savior of the world. And there's different stories that, that rotate regarding this, but uh, this is one that I've heard before. So here her son was uh, Tammuz, and she had a son called Tammuz, and she thought that this was the savior of the world. And her story was that one day the, the, the sun was shining on her stomach, and when the sun was shining on her stomach, she became pregnant. And so she told everyone, this is miraculous, and God, you know, the, the gods or whatever, a false god, gave her this, this child. And so if you know the story, this uh, Tammuz, her son, when he got older, he was out hunting. And as he was out hunting, a wild boar killed him. And then they say that 40 days later, her son rose from the dead. And this started in Babylon. This false religion started there in Babylon. And it's, and it's wicked. And from that, we have this worship of mother-son worship that permeated many different cultures. You have India, Egypt, Assyria, starting with this uh, Semiramis. You've got all this mother-child worship going on, and it all started there in Babylon. Interesting. False religious system. In the time of tribulation, it's going to get severe. It's going to be all these false religions are going to come together, and they're going to be one and the beast, the Antichrist, will be one with them until he's through with her and he'll destroy her and he'll want to be worshipped as God. That's basically what this is all about. But let's look back in verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. You might miss this just by reading it at, at first, but that word drunk means they were intoxicated with the blood of the saints. 
In other words, they were taking pleasure in killing. They're going to take pleasure in killing believers during the time of tribulation. They're going to, they're, it's something that they're going to enjoy doing. They're, they're going to think that real believers in Jesus, real believers in God, that they're wrong and they're going to, they're going to kill them. And, and it, it, it's such hatred. And I believe we're seeing the starts of that even today, aren't we? With what's going on in Afghanistan and everything. But again, I just want to remind you, don't think it's strange when people hate us for Jesus' sake. I remember when I was in the corporate world working for a water meter company and living in Michigan, and there was a project in Ohio. We sold the product uh, to the city there, the city in Ohio, but we didn't do the installation. Another company did that, and it was a mess. I I believe it was a radio read uh, installation to read their water meters via radio, right? And, And so it wasn't working. Nothing was working, and they were getting frustrated. So our salesperson that sold it, our salesperson from Ohio, came to me and says, Joe, can you help us out? You know, uh, can you meet with the, the city people and help them and, and take, you know, take some time and do that? Could you? I said, I'd love to do that. No problem. I'll meet with them. And so we set up an appointment. I was like, okay, let's do this. Well, it was like a five to six hour drive from Michigan to this city in Ohio. So I had praise music on the whole time. I was listening to Chuck Smith you know, through the Bible, and I'm just, I'm just getting ministered to. I literally was thinking, I, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. You know, I'm like, God, you're just so good. And I'm just worshiping the Lord. I'm just like, you know, just stay in the spirit and just loving my drive. And so I, I get out of the car and I'm walking and meeting the different people. And I just had such joy, you know, and, and the sales guys introduced me to this person and that person. So we sit down to the meeting this big long table and they're asking me questions. Well, there was a lady there. I think she was a city manager. She hated me for no reason other than spiritual. I mean, it was almost like I shook her hand to meet her and she was like, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I was like, woo. Seriously. I mean, it started off that bad. She just looked at me and just something was just, she just hated me. And I'm like, whoa. And I can, you know, I went to shake her hand and just like, she's just looking. I'm like, why is she mad at me? I don't, never even met the lady, right? So we're sitting down at the table and they're asking questions. So I said, well, you know what we do with this and this. And she goes, well, why do you do it that way? And I was like, well, that's just what we do. This is the reason why. Well, that doesn't make sense. Like, well, it works because we've been doing this for like 20 years, this kind of stuff. And, it's in, and she's like, well, I don't, you know, that bothers. And she's like, everything I said she was disagreeing with. And I was realizing because I was, you know, thank you, Lord, I was in the spirit. I'm like, she's so angry. She wants me to be angry. I'm not going there. And the nicer I was to her, the more upset she got at me. And finally, it was just a, a lose-lose situation. I mean, she was just like, and I'm like, you know what? And then I was just like praying. I was like, you know, I said, you guys obviously have all this figured out. I says, I, I don't even need to be here. I says, you know what? Great meeting everybody. This was, you know, you guys, you guys are doing great. Whatever you guys are doing, just keep doing what you're doing because obviously you don't need me. And I walked away. The sales guy from Ohio runs out after. He goes, Joe, I don't, I've never seen her like this. And he wasn't a believer either, so I wasn't going to explain it to him. I was like, yeah, it was kind of weird. He goes, yeah, she was like really just yelling at mad at you. I said, I know. I said, it's okay. He goes, no, he goes, I don't even know what happened. I said, it doesn't matter. It's all good. But that was a, a vivid demonstration to me of how people can hate us if they really hate Jesus, if we're in the spirit. And guys, don't worry about what people think of you when it comes to Jesus. Stand up for truth. Don't get caught stooping down to their level and getting angry and mad and upset. I wish I had more stories like that. I could tell you the times I got upset, but we'll share that for another time, okay? (laughs) Hatred. Hatred towards Christians. 
Guys, you following what's going on in Afghanistan? It's ugly, it's bad, it's real. Taliban killing people found with Bibles on the phones. It says, we're hearing from reliable sources that the Taliban demands people's phones, and if they find a downloaded Bible on their device, they will kill you immediately. I literally saw video footage. People are sending me footage from Afghanistan, and it's horrific. It's ugly. I can't even, I mean, I can't get the pictures out of my head. One lady, they had, they just put her down on her knees and just shot her right in the head. On footage, these people are with their cameras sending, and I'm getting it sent to me. And it's just, this is terrible stuff that's going. This is real. Christians are being killed for their faith today. This hatred. And this one, it says, Taliban goes door to door seeking Christians, searching through phones for Bible apps again. But this is the report. I want to read some of this to you, and I want to share something with you. It says, Afghan Christians are reportedly fleeing to the mountains in a desperate attempt to escape the Taliban who are going door to door trying to kill them. Uh, what I'm told is because we left so much stuff behind, we have our uniforms left behind and military stuff and guns and rifles and all this stuff. Well, they're dressing up as, as soldiers, U.S. soldiers, and they're going door to door saying, oh, we're going to help you escape and to find out where they're at, if they're Christians or not. When they find out that they're Christians, they execute them. Listen to this one. The Taliban are going door to door, taking women and children. The people must mark their house with an X if they have a girl over 12 years old. So the Taliban can take them. If they find a young girl and the house was not marked, they will execute the entire family. If a married woman 25 years or older has been found, the Taliban promptly kills the husband and does whatever they want to her and sells her as a sex slave. Hatred. Evil. Taliban fights, excuse me, fighters are hunting down journalists, carrying out revenge executions against Afghans, Afghans who work with the West. You can read the article. Another article. James Madison University trained students that Christians, white males, are oppressors. Is there hatred towards the Christians? Is it, is it, is it excelling? I believe so. How about this? MSNBC runs an opinion piece comparing pro-life Republicans to the Taliban. This columnist warned that the Taliban aren't the only ones trying to impose their will on women's bodies and choices. 1 John 3, 13 to 14 says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So don't marvel. Don't be surprised. And here in America, I mean, we get ridiculed sometimes. We get yelled at. We get people that might get upset at us. But our brothers and sisters are going through quite a bit. We need to keep them in our prayers. But it's going to get worse. Verse 7, it says, But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her which has seven heads and ten horns. We covered a lot of that two weeks ago, so you can look that up. The beast that was, that, excuse me, the beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition, and those who dwell on the earth will marvel. So they're going to marvel at him, this one, and this is the Antichrist. They're going to marvel at him, and it says, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundations of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and is, is yet and yet is, excuse me. 
So I believe that it's talking about Revelation 13, about the Antichrist. He'll have a mortal wound to the head. It'll appear that he's dead. It'll appear that he rises up from the dead, comes back to life, and people are just going to worship him and worship uh, the, they're going to worship the dragon who's Satan. And it's going to be, this is ugly stuff. It's going to happen. And I'm sure what they're going to do, they're going to use scripture probably with this Antichrist and go to scripture and say, see, look, at, he was wounded for our transgressions. Look, Isaiah 53, he's the one. And they're going to point to this false Messiah. And it says many are going to marvel. That word marvel means they're going to be amazed. They're going to be in wonder. They're going to follow this beast and worship this beast. And he's, he's not the Messiah. He's the false Messiah. Application for us, I think we should and I pray that we are, we should be in awe and wonder of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. And not only that, they're going to conform to his will. And I, I believe it's important, the day we're living in, we're, we're, we go through a lot of challenges to conform to this world. Do it our way, right? And conformity is, is interesting. We're, uh, there was a test. I don't know if you're familiar with this test. It's called the conformity uh, experiment. How many are familiar with this? Can I sh- see a show of hands? Not many. Check this out. This was a real experiment that was done with 50 college students, right? And so it's very simple. The, the one on the left is a line, and they ask you which line matches the one on the left. Real simple. Can, I'll do it right now. What do you guys think? A, B, or C? Can you just say it out loud? C. C right? Real simple, see. So what they did is they did a conformity experiment. So they took these college kids and they put eight in a room. And seven of the eight knew that they were going to lie, right? So they told seven of them, okay, it's C, but I want you to say, all of you say B, or let's do A. All of you say A, right? And I'll call on you. The last person we'll call on is the person that doesn't know that we're doing this experiment. So they literally went through the room and they'd say, oh, what do you say? This A. What about you? A, 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 A. Everybody says A. Then the last one doesn't know that this is a setup and he's thinking, okay, why do they keep saying A? Guess what the percentage is, what they came up with that would, would, would say the wrong one. 75%. 75, they did 12 tests. 75% gave the, the wrong answer even though they knew the right answer. It's called conformity. They conformed. And then when they were asked, why did you conform? Why did you do that? They said, we were, we were afraid that we would be ridiculed or mocked. So they conformed. And then they did a test. Check this out. They did another test, just plain out real test with 50 you know, different people, did it. And then 99% of the time, everybody guessed the right answer. It's simple, right? So it's conformity. Guys, I believe we're being challenged to conform like never before. Let's be in awe of him. Let's stand up for truth. Let's not conform to this world as we're told in scripture. Let's always be transformed by the renewing of our mind, allowing him, our Lord, to show us his truth through his word. Amen. When it comes to conformity, I love this. This girl says, there's no way. I love the United States. So she won the gold for wrestling, this, this woman, Tamara. And so she said, she says, I love America. And she stood up, she draped herself with the American flag. And listen, this is quote. She says, she's freaking, she's freaking. (laughs) She says, I freaking love living in the USA. She added, I love representing the US. So she's standing up. Against all odds. Skip down to verse 13. These are of one mind and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome. Can we say that together? Lamb will overcome them. 
these rulers that are going to fight against Jesus, the Lamb, they're going to lose. For he is, can we say it together? Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Don't you love that? That's us. In other words, this is the second coming. This is speaking of the second coming. So there's going to be 10 nations gathered together, world leaders. Antichrist is going to be the head of that. They're going to conform to him. They're going to give their authority to him. He's going to rule everything. And then Jesus Christ comes back, and they're going to kind of like shoot at him, try to put missiles out at him, and he's just going to speak and just wipe them all out. And we're going to be there. But look what we're called. Chosen and faithful. If you're a believer here today, do you know, according to Ephesians, Paul the Apostle, as he wrote to those in Ephesus, he says he chose you before the foundations of the world. And some people have a hard time with that. They're like, how can God do that? Well, if he's all-knowing, he knows that you're going to come to Christ, and he knows that you're going to be saved. God only picks winners. And I don't have a problem with that. When I gave my life to Christ, totally surrendered my life, October of 1995, uh, God wasn't in, the he- in heaven looking. I was like, oh, I didn't know he was going to do that. No way. No, he knew. He, before the foundations of the world, before he built the foundations of the world, he knew every one of us would give our lives to Christ. He chose you. And again, he only chooses winners. But then we're called Faithful. And I want to use this for application for us to say, whatever God's called you to do, be faithful at it. Be faithful. Do what God's called you to do. Be faithful. Even if it's something small. Even if it's something, you know, and I believe it's, it's good to be faithful first in the little things. Usually we can find people to do the big things, but it's the little things that we have a hard time finding people to do that. I mean, we've literally had people through the years, people come in, you know, here and say, well, I'm from this church, you know, and I've I just been coming here for two weeks, and uh, um, are, you, are you planning on retiring anytime soon? Because I could really run a church like this. I mean, that's a little exaggerated. We've had that happen, though. What about the men's ministry? I, I can head up the men's ministry, and I can head this, and say, so, well, you know what, get involved in the men's ministry a little bit. Get to know the people there. Like, uh, but I, I want to run it. And it's like, well, we don't even know who you are. Well, I told you who I am. I was like, yeah, what? be faithful in what God has called you to do. When I was in Tampa, Florida at the Charlie Kirk conference, it was, it was a total missions trip. I, I'll tell you, I loved our missions trip with Eric. And everywhere we went, God was just doing wonderful things. And, and I got a chance because I got to hang out with Eric there. I got, I got a chance to see his giftings and his talents, just being there with him. And, and it's just a, a blessing to, to, to watch the giftings of the Lord. And, and one stood out was we were at the, the, the airport in Tampa coming home and we're standing in line at one of the stores to get some water. And this lady comes walking up and she's, she's cussing worse than a sailor. She's like, blankety, blank, and blank, and blank. And I mean, just all the bad ones, you know? And she's just, and she's like, oh, I can't, how long is this blank in line? And I was just in this blankety, blankety line. And it, these people are just, and she's complaining. And, and I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, someone's got to tell her to, you know, hey, you know, watch what, you know, what you're talking about. So I'm thinking about what to say to her. And just Eric, just in a sweet, way just says hey hi where are you from and she started telling you know him where she's from and he's like oh no way you know and then he's like well I know someone from there and this that and and then she she just like I mean he has a gift for this he just calmed her right down and I'm like you go this is good (laughs) and she just started talking you know she threw out a couple bad ones here and there but it was like but the the, she he just brought the the terrible atmosphere down and, and just 
you know, brought calmness to her. And, and he was the one, remember I told you about the lady on the airplane, the, the flight attendant, the one that was the, the, the mask woman that was yelling at people if they didn't say, so yeah, the Nazi woman. Yeah, okay, excuse me, but I mean, she was just terrible. And he's the one, we were talking to her, but he's the one, he says, now, what is your name? And she goes, oh, my name. And she, he just calmed her down. And I was like, what a gift. You see, we all have gifts. But be faithful in the gifts. And I, I got to watch this, this faithfulness. He knows his gifting and he uses his gifting. And it's good for us to realize that. Remember the story about the bartender? That, remember we prayed with the bartender at the bar? He was the one that, that said to him, you know, we, if it's your first time here, no, I don't drink. We weren't at the bar drinking, no. <laughs> we were at a restaurant. There was nowhere to sit. So we sat at the bar. I don't drink. I mean, he doesn't drink. I don't think. Eric, do you drink? No, no, no I don't think so. <laughs> But we, we established a relationship with this guy. And then finally, I think the third time we were in there, you know, it was Eric said, hey, can we pray for you? And I, truthfully, when he said that, you know, this is guy tattoos all over the place and he's there, you know, serving drinks and everything. And I thought he'd be like, oh, he, like, like give him, he's like, yeah. And he closed his eyes and we we're praying. And he was just like receiving prayer. And I was like, wow, you go. But again, my point is that let's be faithful. Guys, I don't believe we have very long here. I really don't. I believe we're seeing things that are giving us great indication that the Lord, the rapture of the church can be at any time. We're called, when we come back, he says, these are my faithful ones. These are my chosen ones. Be faithful. If you do not know what your calling is, I want to encourage you, make your call and election sure. You know how comforting it is to know what you're called to do and then you're walking in it? It's so fulfilling. When you're walking in your calling, you're walking in what God has called you to do, he wants you to know what it is. It's not like God has a gift. Hey, guys, what? Good to see you guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like... Um, He's, God, like, he's given you, he has gifts for you, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to show you. And you're like, no, no, show me, no, no. And he's like, no, no, ask him. Ask him what your gifts are. If you don't know what your gifting is, ask the Lord. And be faithful. I love what Paul the Apostle says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Paul says, let a man so consider us, he's talking about himself and those that are serving with him, as servants of Christ. Uh, I pray that we're considered servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's what he was called to do. He was a steward of the mysteries of God. He knew his calling. But then he goes on to say, moreover, it is required in stewards, that's all of us as believers, we've been given a stewardship, that one be found what? That one be found faithful that we'd be found faithful. Last verse, verse 17. John says, for God has put it into their hearts to fulfill, can we say that together? His purpose. God's purpose. God's doing this. To be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast, the Antichrist. God's allowing it. He has a plan. He's in control. Until the words of God are fulfilled. God is in control of the tribulation period. He's in total control of everything that happens. Might I suggest for all of us that are believers, God is in control of our lives if we allow him to be in control of our lives. As we close, end of days, world of hatred, it's gonna get worse. That's the bad news. The good news, Jesus said in John 10.10, he says the thief, that's the devil, does not come except to, can we say that together, steal and to and to destroy. I believe we're seeing that like never before around the world. He's stealing, 
He's killing, he's destroying. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? Life. And that they may have it more abundantly. So hatred is gonna get worse, but guess what? The darker it is, the brighter we shine. God wants you and I to live an abundant life in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.